This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, For every door that's been opened to me, I've tried to open my door to others. And here's what I have to say, finally. Let's invite one another in. Maybe then we can begin to fear less, to make fewer wrong assumptions, to let go of the biases and stereotypes that unnecessarily divide us. Maybe we can better embrace the ways we are the same. It's not about being perfect. It's not about where you get yourself in the end. There's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard in owning your unique story, in using your authentic voice. End quote. That quote comes to us from Michelle Obama, who was born January 17, 1964, in Chicago, Illinois. And today is yet another milestone for the podcast, which I realized as I was taking notes for this episode. The milestone? What is it? Well, today's quote marks the first time that we've covered both a wife and a husband from the same family. If you recall, Barack Obama, Michelle's husband and former president of the United States, was the subject of episode 43 for a quote that he gave during the commencement address at Howard University in 2016. And I just thought it was pretty neat to have amazing words from both a husband and a wife duo. And as I mentioned, Michelle grew up in Chicago and is the descendant of a born slave named Jim Robinson, who was her great-great-grandfather. She was raised with her older brother Craig, and they both attended Princeton, where she studied sociology with a minor in African-American studies, and then went on to Harvard Law, where she earned her Juris Doctorate in 1988. True to her quote today, her work, Opening Doors for Others, began when she was at Harvard, where she worked with the school's Legal Aid Bureau to help low-income families with housing cases. She later went on to work at Sidley Austin, where she met some guy named Barack, and they would later marry. She was actually assigned as his mentor during his summer associateship at the firm. And come on, I mean, who doesn't love a good office romance? They were married in 1992 and have been together ever since. They have two daughters, Malia and Sasha. In her career as a lawyer, Michelle worked as an assistant to the mayor of Chicago, an associate dean of students at the University of Chicago, and for the University of Chicago hospital systems. And of course, the position from where many of us know her, she was the first lady of the United States, which she held from 2009 to 2017. And while she was in that position, which is, if you recall, unofficial and unpaid, she took it upon herself to do some very interesting things. First, she expanded a portion of the White House garden to grow fruits and vegetables with the help of local school-aged children. Some of those garden foods became part of organic meals that were actually eaten in the White House. She also led an initiative to combat childhood obesity called Let's Move, which encouraged children of all ages to be active and to move throughout the day. And she did, as many first ladies do, a number of visits around the country and the globe to promote various community improvement initiatives aligned with administrative objectives. In 2008, she published her memoir entitled Becoming, from which today's quote originates. She's also a podcast host and an executive producer for the children's cooking show Waffles and Mochi. And this is a person who has done a tremendous amount of good throughout her career, beginning as a law student and continuing into one of the most publicly visible positions in the world. So I'm going to reread today's quote, and then as we always do, we'll consider why it's significant. So again, here's today's quote. Quote, For every door that's been opened to me, I've tried to open my door to others. And here's what I have to say, finally. 
Let's invite one another in. Maybe then we can begin to fear less, to make fewer wrong assumptions, to let go of the biases and stereotypes that unnecessarily divide us. Maybe we can better embrace the ways we are the same. It's not about being perfect. It's not about where you get yourself in the end. There's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard, in owning your unique story, in using your authentic voice. End quote. And as I like to ask, why this quote? Becoming is an interesting book of Michelle's history, and I really enjoyed reading it. There are a lot of interesting quotes and anecdotes therein. So what about this one made me pause and reflect? Well, first of all, it's a thoughtful quote. We've all heard Michelle speak at some point, I'd guess. If you have, then you can imagine her truly actually saying these words. They're not just for the page or for the book or for the sales. This sounds precisely like something she would say direct to your face. Oh, and also, I suspect that she does what she's actually saying here. Second, it's a challenge. It's a call to action that takes thoughtful, dedicated behavior. And, if it's done well, makes the world better, one small interaction at a time. And that is compelling. We, here at the podcast, always look for challenges to better ourselves and to better those around us. And this is just such a challenge. And lastly, it goes against the grain. I'd say it's easy to default to drawing lines around ourselves, to box others out as, quote, they's, as in they are bad people, or they don't have a heart, a brain, a soul, etc. They are the problem, or they are making it worse. What's much, much, much more difficult is acknowledging that while different in background and knowledge and understanding and perspective, even the most challenging people are, at their core, people. And I think that's what's so compelling to me. Michelle is challenging us to open a door to someone, to see them as humans, not unlike how we see ourselves, and to replace fear and assumptions and biases and stereotype and division with invitation. And this is, of course, as with most challenges, not an easy thing to do. It is not our default position. We predetermine people's value all the time based on what they wear or how they speak, what they say, and with whom they associate. We do it by what music they like, how they like to spend their time, and even what news channel they watch. I've done it. You've done it. We all do it. I dare say that none of that, none of those characteristics that I just mentioned, actually define a person. Right? It may indicate certain things, perhaps things that we may not even agree with. But the person within those indicators is still a valuable, interesting person who is almost certainly less different than us than we might want to believe. Michelle is challenging us to push past the indicators and invite them in, to go beyond the stereotypes and welcome them into our lives. Now, you may be saying, well, that's pretty naive, Matt. There are bad people out there, and if you just invite everybody in and pretend like everybody's the same, then bad things will happen. Certainly, that, that's absolutely a possibility. This is not meant to be naivete made manifest in the world. You may never be the best of friends with some of the most challenging people around. But there is still much to learn. And we've talked at length in the past about learning from people with whom we disagree. In fact, we embrace it here on this podcast. I talk about a number of people with questionable and difficult backgrounds who certainly did or do have thoughts and opinions that I don't agree with. 
but I have deliberately chosen to bring their quotes into this podcast, which I have complete control over, specifically because it is important for us to remember that just because we disagree with somebody in the macro does not mean that in the micro they're not a valuable person and that they don't have valuable thoughts and ideas from which I and we can learn. The challenge is to not paint with a broad brush. It's to paint with a very narrow brush. And think about that analogy. A broad brush, a large three or four inch paintbrush paints a broad swath on the canvas or the wall or wherever it's laid. It covers a large area. It covers up a lot of things. It takes something that may be textured and nuanced and cracked and faded, and it makes it all the same. Much the same way when we paint with a broad brush on someone because of the music they listen to or the way that they speak, the accent that they have, the news channel that they watch, the Twitter personalities that they follow, we run the risk of applying to a, a whole person based on a single small characteristic incorrect assumptions. And when you listen to the stories of people who have converted from their archaic and barbaric and cruel ways of thinking, you see this, right? There are a couple names that jump to my mind. Daryl Davis. You may recognize the name. He is a, an absolutely fascinating man who has befriended numerous members of the KKK and seen them denounce their affiliation. He's someone that jumps to mind. Daryl is black. That is not easy. Think about what I said. Daryl has befriended numerous members of the KKK. This is an organization who, throughout its entire history, a basis in racism, hatred, cruelty, and, and, and devious acts based solely on a person's skin color. And here you have a black man, a person for whom there is no love within this organization, has found a way to connect with the individual people within that organization and not only befriend them, but have them convert from their hateful, racist ways and call him a friend. He has, and, he, and you can watch YouTube videos and hear interviews of him talking about how former KKK members have actually sent him their robes that they wore when they were in the KKK. It is their small way of saying, I am not this anymore, and thank you for not treating me that way. Similarly, there's a woman by the name of Dia Khan, and she's done extensive work with white supremacists and radical jihadists in an attempt to understand them and steer them from the extreme edges of society. Dia is a woman. She is a Muslim woman, and yet she befriends white supremacists and radical jihadists, neither of whom are renowned for having high levels of respect for women or Muslims. That is also not easy. So how do they do it? Aside from extreme self-confidence, you have to imagine that someone like Dia or Daryl are extremely confident people in their convictions and in who they are as a person. Well, I don't know, aside from that, but I can make an observation and think I know anecdotally that bludgeoning someone about the head, accusing and finger-pointing and name-calling and all of the like that we usually see, isn't how you do it. In fact, another name pops to mind just now. You may recognize this name. Megan Phelps Roper. You've probably heard it. It probably rings a bell. Maybe it's rattling around in the back of your mind somewhere. She is a very public convert from the notorious Westboro Baptist Church cult. And this is a group that protests at fallen military members' funerals, 
saying that God killed them because the nation has embraced homosexuality and that and that they hate Jewish people. And in short, they're a very, very nasty bunch. Right. And when Phelps Roper tells her story, she notes that what drew her out of her bad ideas, her indoctrination and her hatred was not people screaming at her, attempting to shout her into submission, but rather through thoughtful, tolerant, patient questions. People helped her feel her own way out instead of demanding that she fall in line. They opened a door to her. Because they themselves had seen the light at some point. Perhaps they may feel that they were just born into it, but it's more than likely that along the way, the people that helped Megan Phelps Roper came to the views that they have because somebody else was patient with them. They may have been a more willing recipient of nudging and cajoling and steering in the correct direction, in the progressive direction of, of the world, but they didn't arrive at those conclusions on their own. So someone helped them, somebody opened a door to them, as it were, and they then, in turn, turned around and opened a door to somebody else. This is the epitome of what Michelle is talking about in today's quote. And this is what Michelle is calling us to do, right? To let go of our biases and stereotypes. And to not sound above being human myself, I would have a hard time conversing cordially with someone from the Westboro Baptist Church cult. And I suspect many of you would as well. But if we can take Michelle's advice to heart and approach others with compassion and empathy and recognition, we are far, far more likely to not be afraid and defensive and hostile towards those people. And in turn, we may see those people not only notice that the door is open, but step through that door into a better life, into forward progress, rather than staying stuck in the ways that make them so difficult for us to deal with to begin with. So if we take today's quote, and we live our authentic selves, we live our authentic lives, we put ourselves out there, we speak with a voice that is our own, with conviction and confidence and compassion. Maybe then we can open a door, just a crack, to improve the life of another, whether they ever acknowledge it or not, or notice it or realize it, or come back to thank us for it. And in that way, we can expand our tent and take a, a very small step towards improving ourselves and the world around us. That's what I take away from Michelle's quote, and I hope that's what you take away from today's quote. For whom, recently, have you opened a door? Have you extended a hand? Have you been patient and tolerant? Beyond when you realize that you're being patient and tolerant, when you feel like you've been patient and tolerant, do you go one step further? Can you go one step further? Will you go one step further this week? Before our next episode, before the next time that we sit down and talk about a quote, can you open the door to somebody? Because certainly the door has been open to you. I think that's what Michelle would want, and I think that's what we should want. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod, or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.